We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the uh, what is the second episode, third episode of the third the episode. Third, third episode. Third episode. We're already into three, and we've got uh, Seton Hall coach Kevin Willard with us, who's peeking up at Masters highlights right now. I can I can see it. It's okay, Kevin. We we, we won't be uh, offended uh, by you looking uh, away from the, the the screen here. But um, listen, thanks for joining us. I know you got through another day. Um, without being shut down, that's that's a good day, isn't it? It's a great day. I mean, th- first, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's, you know, every day is, you know, every day you take the test. You're just sitting there waiting on the machine to tell you good news or bad news. And, um, you know, luckily, you know, not luckily, but my guys have really been stringent about, you know, being as good as possible. And, but it's like, you know, you, you just look at the machine, and is the machine being nice or the machine going to be bad to you today? And luckily today we had a great day. So a, cu- a couple of years ago, I know you and Robbie don't know each other that well, but I'm told that you guys had uh, a great conversation, a terrific interview interview by Robbie Hummel a couple of years ago. I don't know you if you probably, remember it. You probably don't remember this. This was like one of the most horrifying moments of my like media career. Like it caused me to like seek out help interviewing people. You guys, I had you guys in Anaheim at the Wooden. So I do the final. You guys beat Miami. And I, at that point, I hadn't done a lot. Usually with ESPN, it's just on to the next game. Like, you don't do a lot of interviews on the court. Well, they had to fill a bunch of time. So, like, the game's over, and somebody, the producer's just like, Rob, you got to go interview Coach Willard. And, and, like, at this point, now I'd be fine. But at this point, this is, like, my second year. I hadn't done a lot of these. I was in total panic mode. Like, literally, like, I was terrified. So I go out there. And I asked you one of the stupidest questions. And I remember you looking at me like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. And I, I like left the game. Like, dude, I called a good game. I asked a dumbass question. <laughs> what, what, like, where do I go from here? I hadn't got help from a dude at Big Ten Network who's like a journey producer. So I'm sure you don't remember it, but it was a, it was a big moment for me. You have I to, had to get better Rob. Rob, you have to understand. Kevin Willard has been asked some of the dumbest questions in history because He's around Adam Zagoria all the time. So well, I didn't know this at the time. This so was I, nothing. I was horrified. I didn't say that, Zags. Just so you know, I didn't say that. <laughs> Listen, 
you know, this this whole thing, you know, you know my two favorite words describing scheduling in uh, the landscape. It's been shit show, and, and, and you use that term a couple times during Biggie's Media Day a couple weeks ago. What, what's your confidence level now um, that we're going to be able to get going? Because you've got still this this 14-day quarantine that if anybody tests positive, your entire team is shut down right now. And in the Big Ten, it's 21 days. Yeah, I mean, I think we're moving in the right direction, though, Jeff. I really do because, you know, getting tested technically almost every day, um, I think it's going to be a lot better for your local board of health. That's really who it comes down to for contact tracing. So I think the fact that we're going to have, you know, we have two months of backlogs of almost testing every other day, um, you know, you can sit there and you can contact trace so much more uh, directly because you have those logs and you're going to know exactly when a kid got sick or a staff member got sick. So I think we're, I think as everyone's starting to test as much as we're starting to test and working with your local board of health and giving them the plan, I think you're going to see maybe um, not so dramatic, you know, dramatic shutdowns um, and maybe losses. You might lose a couple guys for 10 days. Um, but the fact that, you know, we have to be able to use the test to contact trace. And I think that's where everyone's starting to get to. I think that's where, um, I think we learned that from baseball. We've learned it from uh, college football, NFL football. Um, they're using the fact that they're using the science to their advantage, knowing that it, if you're testing just about every day, you're going to catch it before that, that person became infectious. Coach, I think people kind of overreacted to this, but a couple of weeks ago at Big East Media Day, you, you talked about UConn and about how you weren't thrilled about them coming back to the Big East. Has there been any fallout from that? And have you talked to, to Danny Hurley at all? Well, you know, the funny thing about that is I, the, the, I was just joking, but I said, I mean, not really, but <laughs> I, I said, you know, you know, the one thing is, you know, Danny's an unbelievable coach and yeah. his teams play hard. Um, they're terrific defensively. Uh, he's got great talent on his team. Uh, but, you know, if you look at it from all the programs, you know, it wasn't a great addition for everybody else. Um, it's an exciting addition, and I think it's great for the league. But if you look at each individual school, it's not good. I mean, you know, because of Danny's a great coach. It's a great program. Um, it gives you a 20-league schedule instead of 18, so you're losing two maybe games that you could build into your non-conference. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was I was just joking around. And, you know, Zaggis jumps off and runs over there and, and yells at Danny. Um, and he doesn't tell Danny that I said, I think it's a great program. He's a great coach. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I don't, you know, I think UConn fans are mad, but I don't really care about that. Listen, I've still said right now, I, I think you're as quotable as any coach in the country. And, and the great thing is you're not old. Like most times it takes guys getting much older to, to get there, whether it's Calhoun, your, your guy, Patino, um, you know, a lot of the guys, as they get older, they don't give a shit. Um, I feel like you almost don't give a shit, and you're way too young to not give a shit. I can't wait to see what you're like in 20 years. Yeah, I'm going to be dead in 20 years, I can guarantee <laughs> you. Um, no, it's not that I don't give a shit. I just think you got to be honest. And I think, you know, sometimes everyone just gives vanilla answers, and everybody knows it's BS. You know, I mean, I know, I, the, I think being around, you know, starting in this business when I was 22, um, being around, knowing the media members. And I think being in the New York, New Jersey area, um, this, I think early on, I tried to please every media member and tried to say the right thing. And I said more wrong things than I did right. 
And now I just, I just kind of tell the truth of how I feel and what I think is going on. And usually you're much better off and you have better relationships with the media guys because, you know, again, you're not, you're not BSing them and everyone, everyone hates it, but you know, and I say stupid things all the time and, you know, it is what it is. And poor Tom Chen, I mean, he's been here seven years and he just has like, he has a running list of stupid things I say all the time, but I try to be honest. And, you know, I think that's the best way to be with you guys, because again, then you can actually have a dialogue and you actually know I'm not trying to, you know, just, just play the political side. No, hundred percent, hundred. And listen, I, I hate trying to figure out who's bullshitting and, and who's not right. I mean, like there are some guys you just flip it. I say that all the time, certain coaches, whatever they say, I know just flip it because they're full of shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's like the scheduling thing, like you were saying, like scheduling was a shit show. I mean, it was, right. I mean, it was, it was difficult. I mean, you know, you thought you'd have a game, you thought you're in an MTE. Uh, then you're trying to get into another MT. You're trying to you're trying to schedule um, not only for this year, but you know you got to think about next year's schedule too. So you just can't get games. And then you're trying to get the best schedule for your players this year because you know these guys, these kids are sacrificing so much just to try to play. I mean, they're they're not going out. They're not going to parties. Um, they're sacrificing a lot of their social life. They're getting tested. You know, getting cotton swab. You know, almost three times a week. So then you owe it to give them the best schedule possible. And, you know, I think once I, you know, I think we're all in a good spot now scheduling, I think, um, you know, but who knows? I mean, some better than others. Yeah. I mean, something, something could change, you know, next week. So, um, you know, it's just the way it is. It's got, you know, I think people want to know the honest answer. Did you have to talk to your guys about sacrificing like like you talked about not going to parties not going out that, that's such a big part of the whole experience right like have you had to have that conversation with them or did they just do it well yeah i mean we were lucky we you know i have a great president i, I really do i mean I have, a, I have new leadership that's been on campus now for about a year and i i talked to dr Nair. i was like you know i really want to get these kids back this was a really really tough ending of the season we had all the civil unrest going on um, i was really proud of how active my guys were but at the same time um, it was very mentally draining them being away from the sport that they love. And I really started seeing them be in a very negative space mentally. Um, and not enough people were talking about that. So we got our kids back on campus July 6th. And I just had a, I had a meeting with them. I said, guys, our president fought for you to get back on campus. And I said, we got to make sure we don't mess this up. So you got you to gotta do your best and you got to make sure that we're not this, – this is not a free-for-all. You guys got to make sure that, you know, kids don't think that there's a virus on campus because we're, we're getting it. Um, and my kids, I tell you what, they're great, man. They, they got it. My staff has been great. Uh, I give my staff a ton of credit. I mean, I got an unbelievable staff right now, but I give them credit. I mean, on July 20th, we started workouts and my trainer, uh, my strength coach, we all came back and there was a, still a lot of unknown about the virus then. Um, and so I, you know, I said to my staff, I said, if you guys don't want to come in, I said, I, I'm coming in. If not, I'm getting divorced. I said, so I work out the guys and, you know, my guys have been great. You know, I'm sure we, I'm sure they've had hiccups, but, um, you know, we've taken, I, I mean, we spent almost 200, $200,000 on tests and we haven't had a, a positive yet. So wow. I know it is, I know November 22nd, I'm going <laughs> to, that little machine is going to be winning around. I'm going to get, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. I'll be down in Tampa playing golf for the next 13 days. <laughs> we we got to get to November 25th. We got to get there. Um, are, how many How many years did you um, were you with Patina, Rick? Uh, 500. 
It felt like it, didn't it? Uh, ten years. Ten, ten years. years. Are you yeah. the leader? Are you the leader? No, in the no. I, 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 someone, someone outtook me. I forget who it was. Really? Um, yeah. My first four years with the Celtics, it was a little bit different. Um, you know, Jim O'Brien. I, I was more under Jim O'Brien at the time because I was doing advanced scouting. I was doing video. Um, so coach, like, you know, coach, I wasn't really under coach as much. Um, and then the six years at Louisville were phenomenal. I mean, he's, he, if he doesn't go down as the greatest college basketball coach in history, I, I, I'll argue anybody for, for what he did and how he built it and the energy he has. Um, but it was, you know, I always, I always say post me, I think he really kind of meddled out and was really softer on his assistance. Sure. That's what you say. Give, give me. <laughs> Hey, give me your best. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all gone. Give me your best Patino story. Like, like one that most people don't know that. Um, and I don't want the, the, the X-rated version. No, no. I mean, uh, we won't talk, you know, like, like Derek character days or something like that. <laughs> Those were the glory days of Louisville basketball right there. Derek character. Um, man, there, there's a lot. Um, We'll take I, a few. I think, the, I think one of the funniest stories, and I, he'll deny this, that this is the way he bought his house. But um, we were we were playing golf down in Miami. Um, he's a member down of a golf club down in Miami, and um, he he shanks a tee shot way out to the right on this on this course, and he goes over to the golf course, and I'm of course I have to help look for his ball. Um, God forbid he should lose the ball. And so, you know, I always carried like five extra ones in my back pocket. And say, well, yeah. you would just drop one of those bad oh, boys. It's it right there. It didn't go in the water. It's fine. Um, and he walks over, he looks at this house and he's playing with, with his business partner at the time. And he's like, man, I really love this house. He goes, let's go over and give, give an offer for the house. And so there I'm sitting there. I'm looking for a ball, a, a Titleist two, <laughs> in the in these bushes. And they, he walks up and knocks on the guy's house and they, they have a conversation. And of course, he comes back. Of course, I found his ball. Of course, I lost. And then, you know, next thing you know, he owns a house in Miami. Come on. He bought that house. He bought the house. He shanked it so bad. He went over, put the offer on the house, got the house, and that's how he had his house in Miami. Wow. He's, he's going to say I'm full of shit. He's, <laughs> of course you know, he is. But, you know, he also is going to say he never lost the ball. It's because whenever I play with him, he never <laughs> did lose the ball. Hey, what's going to be the biggest adjustment he faces at Iona? You know Iona well. You know the high major level well. What's the toughest adjustment he's going to face coaching at that level at this stage? You know, Jeff, I, this is the funny, you know, I, I, when this all went down, I found out he was going there. I was like, this is, this is like the greatest place for him because I own is one of those special places. I mean, I love my three years there and, and, and you can ask Timmy Walsh. You can ask anyone that's ever coached there. Um, it is a special, special place. It is a, I mean, it's just one, that's why everyone that goes there wins. Um, you know, Tim, Tim Clues would tell you, it's just great people. They have um, tremendous money backing them. You know, they're not afraid to spend money and put it there. Um, and I think, you know, he has an energy that really fits what Iona is. So I don't think he's going to have a, a hard time at all. I, I just, I feel bad for everyone in the MAC because I don't really think, you know, the MAC is, you know, young coaches, um, really good young coaches uh, moving, moving up. And I don't think they really understand who Rick Pitino is and how great of a coach he is. And I, I mean, you know, Massiello does Stevie does. And, you know, I, I know Shaheen does cause we played, uh, I own um, Louisville when Shaw was on here. Um, but I just, I just feel bad for the rest of that, that conference. Cause you know, uh, Iona's going to put money behind that program. 
Um, they're going to they'll, they'll travel differently than they ever have. And he's just a phenomenal coach that's going to get it done. I mean, he's he called early on and said, you know, let's play. It'd be great. And I was like, no chance. No <laughs> chance. How, how real was the treadmill? I always heard these rumors about, like, you make a mistake player-wise. Did they ever put the assistants on there? Did you ever get put on the treadmill? Oh, we got thrown on there all the time. I heard that. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that's true. Yeah, I mean, we – so and, – and this is kind of, you know, this is what I loved about them was that, you know, there was no deviation on, on the program trying to be great. You know, the level of greatness was, you know, to be held for the players and held for the staff. Um, I remember early on – when I got to Louisville, I, I'd gotten a little heavy for my playing days. And I walked in for a staff meeting. And staff meetings were always like at 545, 6 o'clock in the morning. So that means you had to get there at like 5 a.m. to beat him and be prepared for the meeting. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, you know, uh, you're getting a little fat. And I was like, you know, I kind of was like, yeah, I know. You know, my wife and I were moving, you know. And he's like, no, I mean, go on the treadmill. And I was like, oh. And I went down there. And the strength coach, Reagan, I was waiting for me. And I look at Ray. Ray how long do I have to be on this thing? And he looks at me, Ray looks at me and Ray is great. Ray goes, until you get in shape. And I was like, well, how long is that going to take me? He looks at me, he goes, from the looks of it, pretty long. And, you know, he just, he, he demands greatness and he expects it. And, you know, that's why he's so successful. And, and, you know, for me, it was great because, you know, it was just one of those things. The players loved it. The coaches loved it. Um, but the treadmill was real. I mean, you know, he wears a mic in the, in practice and all of a sudden, you know, you never knew where he was. He could be watching a horse, one of his horses racing over by the window. And all of a sudden, you know, he'd be like, Francisco, get to the treadmill. And the, the player would run over there and coach Ganon would have the treadmill going and they'd run for a minute at like speed 30, you know, the port, you know, and then they'd come back. And then, you know, what happened was the players started realizing that like maybe sometimes going to the treadmill is better at, than actually the drills that we're doing. So he's trying to get on the treadmill. You know, Taekwondin, Francisco, Ellis Miles, they, they got, they got smart and like they were like trying to do things to get to the treadmill because they'd sing over there and they'd run on the treadmill. It was better than doing 444 fast break. I tell you that much. I, I remember when he hired Kenny Johnson, however many years ago that was, six, seven years ago, he hired him and Kenny was like, 300 plus easy and he hired him and by the time he got on the road in july i i did not recognize kenny johnson legitimately it was like three months and i'm telling you he was like half the man he had lost over 100 steve stevie mass would <laughs> stevie mass would would he would he had this this there was this club downtown not nightclub, like a, a health club and he would go early in the morning and he would sit in the sauna for like three hours and like <laughs> So he would come in and he would look skinny. He would look great. And I was just looking at him <laughs> laughing because I know where, where he was. And he's still dripping sweat from the sauna because he's so hot. And it was like, you know, we did we did everything we could do to kind of do it. But, you know, again, like, it's the way I look at it with my staff now. You can't you can't yell at a player, you know, for not being in shape. And then, you know, you're, you're over there, you know, not in shape. Yep. And that was kind of – that was his, his philosophy on it. It's like, you know, if you're going to demand the best from your players – you know, I got to demand the best for my staff. And, I, you know, I didn't know one person that's ever worked for him that didn't love that and, you know, really take it to heart. I know I loved it. And um, everyone that I was always with, I think Mick Crone would always say, it's like, you know, you, you just felt that level of pride that he's going to push you to make you your best. Coach, you had Miles Powell last year. I think his career is so fascinating because he's, he's Big East most outstanding player or most improved player as a sophomore. He could have won that every year. He could have been the most improved player as junior year, senior year. He ends up an All-American. 
what was it like coaching him and what did he do to get so much better? It's not often where you see guys make like quantum leaps every year, right? Like you see maybe one or, but he was doing it every time you saw him each year, he was so much better. That's a good question, Robbie. Um, you know, I, th- I think the biggest thing when, when Miles came in as a freshman and we tried, we put him through his first individual instruction workout and we had, we had a group of juniors, Kadeen Carrington, Angel Delgado, uh, Desi Rodriguez, ish um that was a really hard working group and he came in and he he got i mean just he just got blasted i mean he, he couldn't finish the workout he got embarrassed i remember he went to the locker room and cried i had to go in the locker room and like hug him and be like hey my man you're a freshman this is what happens you know you're not in the greatest shape you're coming off a foot injury i said you know but we'll get you through it but i think that experience really humbled him and he was like all right this is how i have to work every day and those juniors were hard on him in his freshman year. I mean, they pushed him because they knew how good he could be. They kind of saw who he was. And I think once he lost his weight and once he kind of got a bounce that he never really knew he had, um, it, it was just addicting to him. He kept wanting to get better. Um, he, had a, he had an unbelievable work ethic. And I think the thing I loved about Miles is he had an unbelievable attitude every day. He would come up to, comes up to the gym and no matter – if we lost, if he played bad, no matter what was going on, and he went through some tough times when he was here personally, he would come in, and that was that was going to be the best part of his day. And it was infectious to the team. It was infectious to the program. Um, and I think that's what made Miles so special. He's a, he's just one of those kids that you just love having in your program. And then he he had a killer attitude. Like, you know, he, he was going to – when the game went on or practice went on and we were playing five-on-five five or, or the game – he just wanted, he, he just wants to, he just wants to kill you. So you put a, you put this great work ethic, you put this unbelievable young man, and then you put that, that killer instinct and you have something special. Thanksgiving and black Friday may look a little different this year, but there's still a lot to be thankful for. Like being able to find the right people for your team when the holiday rush has you ramping up your small business needs. So when you're ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person for your business and do it fast. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 706 million members worldwide. Getting started is easier than ever with new features to help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions, and they'll quickly get your role in front of more qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar LinkedIn.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. And now you can do this all from your mobile device, no matter where the day takes you. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash good. Again, that's linkedin.com slash good to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. The stress of daily life weighs on us all. Whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power, and now as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's even on while you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. 
you have no idea what you're missing. The Theragun is a must-have for everyone. Get the ultimate tool for ideal relaxation today. Give your body the break it needs. Try Theragun for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash good right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash good. Theragun.com slash good. How hard was it last year to get that taste out of your mouth? That, that was a team that I said really could have made a Final Four run. Again, you were peaking at the right time. You got healthy. Um, you had a guy that could go for 40 on any any night, and there, there aren't many like that anymore. Um, how hard was it? I mean, I know everybody says it was hard. It was hard. But you had that team. You had that guy. You had a team that was peaking. They were fun to watch. They were tough. They had everything. It was brutal. I'm, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think I still gotten over, um, yeah. you know, because it's, it's really hard to explain. You know, we've made, we would have made the NCAA tournament five straight years. Um, and there's not that many programs that can say that. I think there's only seven other ones in the country that, that could say they've done that. Um, the difference between this year's last year's team was that going into the year, we knew we were going to be an NCAA tournament team. We knew how good we can be. Uh, we knew we had one the best player in college basketball. So our mindset was so much different. It wasn't just, hey, we're getting into the NCAA tournament. Let's have a party and, and see how we do. You know, I remember going into the Big East tournament, you know, the guys were, they weren't even talking about the Big East tournament. They were all talking about, you know, hey, if, if we win the Big East tournament, we could be a two seed in Buffalo. We might be a three seed here. You know, this is, this is who the teams we can play. I never had that before. You know, it takes a lot to get to that point where your kids expect to be, you know, in NCAA turn, And then you get a seed that you can actually really win. I mean, Isaiah Whitehead's sophomore year, he was playing as good as anyone in the country. And, you know, we win the Big East Championship, but we're a six seed out West. We play Gonzaga. And it's like, you got no chance. So now you're a two seed maybe, and you're playing in the garden. We really felt, and I think that's the biggest difference from years past, is that we felt we could beat anybody. And we were battle-tested. We had played great road games. Um, we had gotten our, our butt kicked in the non-conference by some certain teams, but that helped us. It really kind of helped us grow. And it, it's, it, it's been really tough. I mean, it really has. It's, you know, there's not times in the day where, you know, I think about, like, man, we, we, we could have done something special. Is it fair to say that the worst part is, like, not getting the opportunity? That's how I felt when I hurt my knee. Like, you know, we're the number three team in the country. I blow my knee out. And the worst part is that you just never know. Like, I'd rather lose. I'd, lo- I'd rather lose in the second round and just be like, hey, at least at least we knew that on that day we just didn't have it. Like, I, to me, that's the worst part. Like, you just didn't get an opportunity to actually go play. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, going through once in a – hopefully once in a lifetime uh, pandemic. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Robbie. I mean, that, it, I just think that's what nags at me is that, that, yeah. that you don't know, you know, like I said, you know, you go and get upset in the second round, you know, Hey, you, you gave it your best shot and you know, you got beat that night. Um, you know, I remember, I remember Jeff, you and I were texting while all this was going on and, you know, being in New York at the time, you know, I, I'll never forget it. I, I, I walked down, I went to a fundraiser. Uh, we have a fundraiser the night before. And then I was walking back to the hotel and New York, New York city was a ghost town. 
And that's when I was kind of like, oh, man, what is going – something going on here. So, um, But, you know, baseball didn't get to play a season at all. So, you know, everyone everyone suffered. So, I mean, it's terrible. It sucks. It nags at you. Um, but it's life. You know, you got to move on. On a more positive note, you guys have some really good players coming back this year. Jared Roden, Miles Kale, Sandra Mamokilashvili. How, how will you guys be different? You know, last year you were dominated by – one man a lot of those possessions this year you can kind of spread it out a little more <laughs> i can tell you everyone everyone else on the roster i mean i bet they're hyped i bet guys oh, are I mean, hyped <laughs> I mean, it's like i every time i i, I still call, i call a play every once in a while practice like you know that we had last year i'm like wait a second i don't have that little kid coming off jacking up making threes but everyone else is happy because there's 37 shots coming down the pipe um uh, i think we're gonna be much you know we're gonna be much better offensively uh, just because uh, Tyrese Samuels and Sandra will play together a ton. Um, and Tyrese was really, you know, we, we struggled a little bit at the end of the year because Tyrese Samuels got hurt. And uh, Jared Roden, I think, is going to be a first-team All-Big all East player. Uh, Miles Kale is going to have a chance to kind of not just be the guy who has to defend the other team's best player. Um, if I can get Bryce healthy, I think he's as good at any guard in the league. And, you know, we still have Ike. You know, Ike's a seven foot one shot blocking. So we still have that presence that Roe gave us last year. Um, to call Mosin is a transfer from Canisius is he reminds me of Alpha Diallo, junkyard dog, man, just gets it done. So I think I, I could play big. I, I can go Ike, Tyrese, Sandro on the back line and play big in a zone. Or, or I can go small with, you know, Jared, Sandro, Miles um, Kale, you know, Bryce Aiken and Shabar Reynolds um, and really kind of press and switch man to man. So I think, you know, last year I, I because, you know, I, I built so much into, in, into getting, you know, miles to where I thought he deserved, which is in the NBA. Um, you know, we, I limited so much of the other guys, unfortunately. And this year um, I've already seen it in practice. That, you know, our ball movement is unbelievable. Uh, guys are getting shots um, that they didn't get. And, you know, it's we're just able to play so much different. So I'm, I'm really excited about this team. I think this is my best team we've had. Um, if we can, you know, I think we'll take some lumps early on in non-conference just because I, I built it that way. Uh, but I like the way where this team could be come January, February. Well, you're older and, th- and that's what you need to be, right? I mean, you add a couple transfers, you got returning guys. The only difference is guys are going to have a little bit different roles, Right. Absolutely. And I think that's where we're going to take some lumps early on is that, you know, guys are going to have to take, take shots and in pressure situations that maybe they, they just stood in the corner last year. Um, and now they got to do something, but I think I have the players that can do it. It's just getting them the reps and the experience to do it. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I, I walk out of practice some days. I'm like, man, we could be really, really good offensively. Uh, I don't think we'll be as good defensively because Quincy McKnight was just, he was terrific. He was very underrated. Uh, and then Romero Gill just he was someone um, that really blossomed and, and has really protected the rim force. What, what's the latest with Bryce? I know you've been asked this a hundred times. Probably Bryce, about the combo of going- Zags, uh, Zach, and, and Rothstein have probably <laughs> asked you to combine a hundred times in the last 48 hours. But- well, it's funny. Rothstein just texted me. Um, it's funny you said that. Uh, no, Bryce is doing great. Um He's healthy. He's doing individual workouts. He does all our dummy offense. He does all our dummy defense. Um, you know, it's just a matter of I, I think I'm always extra cautious when guys are coming back from injury. Uh, I know he's a veteran, 
if he was a freshman, I'd be, I'd be like, he's got no chance to play. Dude's played, you know, he was well coached by Tommy, you know, so it's not like he wasn't coached. He doesn't understand schemes or this and that. And he's extremely smart. Um, I just think we're being very patient with him, especially since the fact that you know, this schedule is condensed. I mean, we play the 25th, 27th, 29th, 2nd, 6th, 8th, 11th, 14th. I mean, Damn. There, there's no, there's no, there's no breathing room. So I don't really need him grinding right now. Um, I just need him to be healthy. You've, you've been around a guy in Rick Pitino, who's one of the all time greats. So just knowing that who's a coach in college basketball that like, let's say the NCAA tournament comes up, you draw a team that you don't want to see down the sideline. Oh man. There's, I think, I, I think that's a great thing about college basketball right now. I, I think that's a hard answer. Uh, I even think, you know, I look back at, you know, when I first got this job, you know, buy games, you know, were easy W's. And I, you know, you yeah. look at, you try to get a buy game now and you're like, man, I don't want to, that guy runs unbelievable stuff. This guy's team plays. Like, I don't want to play those guys. Well, it's going to try to get out of this question, Rob. That's no, no, no. no. I, I, I know, I already <laughs> He's going to try to avoid it already. No, no. Uh, I think Mark Fuse. Wow. A phenomenal, phenomenal coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would never, I, I mean, I'm going to make every Villanova fan so happy, but, and I hate doing that because I hate them. Um, but I think, I think what Jay Wright has done at Villanova is he's, he's turned that into the best basketball program in the country. And I don't even yep. think it's close. Um, the culture he has, the recruits he gets, Amazing. the way he gets them to play his style and his style is physical. It's unselfish. Um, it's fundamental. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't think. You know, obviously Cal is unbelievable, and we have so many great coaches. And you know, um, but I, man, Jay Wright and the program, and I hate this because I have so many Villanova fans in New Jersey, and they just give it to me every time they see me. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, I just Jay, I just think Jay's got it, man. He, he's just he's he's built an unbelievable program, and I'm just a big fan. And I think Fuey out west, um, I think he gets a great advantage of having the amount of time off he gets going into the going into the NCAA tournament. His teams are always rested. Um, you know, so he gets a little bit extra rest where the rest of us are just grinding our, you know, the Big East tournament and you're coming and all of a sudden you got to play, you know, an unbelievably well-coached team. So uh, those two guys would be at the top of my list. That's a good This is a little bit off topic. Oh, sorry, Jeff. Go ahead, Rob. Go ahead, Rob. This is a little bit off the wall, but I think that this should be asked for anybody who is in the NBA or has been in the NBA. What is your best... NBA story. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't go there. Um, <laughs> There's everybody I has was, like a great. Bobby's one. got great ones. By the way, got some. Yeah. I mean, I was I was young, man. I mean, I I was 22 to 26, and um, the NBA is awesome, man. I mean, it and, is awesome. And, it's and, like and, fantasy land, but it's it, it, it is it, awesome. It, it's fantasy. It, I, people just don't understand. Um, and I love the NBA. I mean, I I was roommates with. Frank Vogel, we just won the championship, so I'm so pumped. All right, give us a Vogel story. Give us, I, give us so your Frank, best Vogel story. So, so Frank and I, um, Frank was the video guy, and I was kind of like the head manager. I always say my first year, and we we used to practice at Brandeis University. They didn't have they didn't have a practice facility, and you know we're we were just getting ready to start uh, the the preseason, and like this is the old days where you had to load the game up put it in a drive. Then you had to go through code it. And then you had to go break it back down. And it took 
an enormous amount of time. I and mean, guys, teams now have like eight video guys. We had Frank. Um, and so Frank and I, I never, I never drank coffee. Frank never drank coffee. And so Frank and I would actually take turns sleeping on Brandeis's training table beds, uploading and coding games so that when Jim O'Brien came in, Coach Obi would come in at like 6, 6.15, that everything was set. And I just remember right after the preseason, I was ready to quit. And I think Frank was ready to quit. And I just, I remember I, I broke down in tears. So they're like, I'm making like $4,000 and I'm working 22 <laughs> hours a day. And Frankie's working 23 hours a day. And we did that all season long. And so we got to the all-star break and we had been working hard. And Coach Patino was great at the all-star break. He gave uh, Frank and I a bunch of money and said, go down to Foxwoods and, you know, you guys deserve it. Go, go have fun. And I remember Frank and I were living together and we both looked at each other. We ordered, we ordered Chinese food from this Chinese place right down the street. And we both slept for three straight days. <laughs> <laughs> and he, we woke up and we kind of looked at each other and there was Chinese boxes all over the place. And we went right back. Like we were dreading it. We had to go out to Utah, I think it was. And we were dreading getting on the plane. And it was like, but you know, that's Frank E is the hardest working most humble person and maybe one of the best people in sports I've ever been around. So for him to win a championship is just like, you know, God is, there is a God because he's just guys like Frankie, it should happen to him. Yeah, no, I've gotten a chance to know him over the years and you're, you're not going to find a better guy that no matter where you run into him, he'll, he'll talk to you for 15, 20 minutes at, at any point. I mean, he just, well, and he, gets you know, it. He, he was the perfect guy for that team this year. The absolutely. perfect guy. And, and I tell you how, how big of a heart he has, Jeff. Um, there was, I forget what hurricane was coming down in Florida um, when he was in Orlando. And my parents live in Naples, and my dad's stubborn as hell. And I was like, I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving. I'm trying to get him out of there. And all of a sudden, it turns into this huge category for hurricane. Um, and I call Frank Vogel up. I'm like, hey, Frankie. I said, I have nowhere to put my parents. I said, you're in Orlando. I said, can my parents drive and stay with you until after this hurricane goes through? And he goes, Absolutely. And so I convinced my parents to drive up and they drove up and Frankie kept them up. And I, my mother's, she's a saint, but to put up with my mom for a week without power. Um, and you know, they kept sending me pictures just like, to me, like that just proves like Frank has a heart and his wife, Jen is just, they're two people to put my parents up and not even, even blink and put them up during a hurricane. You know, it just shows you what, what he's all about. NFL football continues on this week which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. The NFL futures, the Chiefs, still the favorites, plus 350. Steelers, plus 550. Tampa Bay, plus 575. Seattle, plus 800. And the Ravens, plus 1,000. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every single game this season with the fastest updated odds in the entire industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere else online. Head to Bet Online online today. Take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let, let's go back five plus years ago, Kevin. Five plus years ago. Six you're coming plus. off your fifth Six season. Plus. Six plus. Six plus years ago, I'm sorry. Six plus years ago. 
Uh, you're coming off your fifth season at Seton Hall. You're 0 for 5 in, in getting to the NCAA tournament. People are ready to fire you, uh, including maybe your athletic director. Um, you, you had a meeting, right? There was a meeting, a come-to-Jesus meeting between you, your AD, your agent. What was that like? Did you think you were done? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, geez, I remember during the last – Last month of the season, and I had a good young team, but we were just—it was terrible. It was just bad chemistry, and you know, it, it wasn't because it was bad kids. It was just bad timing on a whole bunch of stuff. Just sometimes things don't work out. Um, and I, my wife and I just—you know—we we talked, and we were ready to put the house up for sale, and we were ready to kind of go through. And you know, I had two young kids. I think at that time they were like six and four, maybe. That's a long time. Seven, seven and five, and we we're just kind of like, all right, this is. We always knew this was going to happen. Um, she's a pharmacist. She was going to go back to work full time. I was going to take care of the kids till something else happened. And, you know, you don't want it and you're trying your hardest. Um, and, you know, when I went to the meeting with Pat and I'm like, you know, I had a good enough contract where they really couldn't fire me without paying me. Um, and Pat and I are very good friends. He hired me at Iona. Um, I helped him get, get here at Seton Hall. And I was like, you know, I, I had this good core. I'm like, just, I'm like, let me roll a dice. I'm like, you guys, it, it, I understand. Let, let's just roll a dice. I really believe in this team. Um, let's just do it. And, you know, I think financially they couldn't really do it, which helped. Um, and I do think Pat really believed that, like, we were on the cusp of doing something great. Like, he just, you know, Pat's a smart dude. And he kind of just realized we had really good players. Um, we were trending in the right direction. You know, we kind of had a tough, we had, you know, Isaiah White had his freshman year, broke his foot. Um, and he missed the first 12 games of the Big East uh, schedule, which really killed us because we were ranked 20th in the country before he got hurt. Um, and then when I, you know, I kind of just like, like it was really when I when I came back, I said this a ton of times. I finally got to coach the way I always wanted to coach. You know, I, I wasn't nervous, I wasn't uptight, yeah. wasn't yelling. Coach um, loose, just loose. I, I put plays in that I never would have put in. Um, you know, I did things after timeouts that I never would have done. I remember, you know, Villanova at home, I pressed on the sideline because I saw Chris Mack do it a couple of years earlier. I never would have done that, but I just knew all right, I'm either getting fired or I'm winning and I want to win. So let me just coach the way my personality is, who I am. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a relaxed, laid back guy. Let me coach that way. You know, I, I, I love this game. I love coaching this game. I love being in the gym with my guys. Uh, and so it went from being stressful to almost like, I wouldn't say a party, but it was like, let's just work hard and let's just have fun. And it just kind of clicked for me. And I think it clicked for my group. I had an unbelievable group. I mean, you know, Kadeen Carrington is probably one of my all time favorites just because he's such a wonderful person. Um, and it just, it just worked out. And it's kind of like, you know, I think a lot of coaches don't get that opportunity, Jeff, because this is, you know, you have to win. Um, Cause if not, you get fired and you know, it, it's, the stress is real. I mean, it's, it's every day. Um, and I think kids feel the stress. I, I think that's part of goes into, you know, if you're stressed and, and you're not enjoying what you're doing, they're not going to enjoy it either. How magnified is that stress for players now though? Like when I play, we didn't have Instagram or 
You know, you get guys now that hardly play, and they. Robbie's forty-two, by the way, Kevin. I'm thirty-one. <laughs> all right, like I'm not that old. Instagram was just coming out and becoming popular, but like you didn't have to deal with that. Like I did a little bit in the NBA, where like people would tweet stuff at you about how you suck and stuff, and like it is, it is what it is. Like you know, it's fine, but like as a college kid, it's different. I, I just think that pressure is so magnified now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with you. It's you know, I'm not, I'm not on Twitter. Um, I have a private Instagram account with just my family. Um, you know, I, I was on Twitter a long time ago and when things weren't going well, man, it, it, it's a brutal place. Uh, it's accessible. Uh, It's just not someplace I think people should be on, especially college kids who, you know, the instant gratification, you know, you hit a game winning shot and all of a sudden you're great and you're getting these likes and these retweets, but then, you know, next game you go two for 12 and it's like, you're the worst player and it sucks. I mean, that's a, that's a mental toll. Um, and I try to explain to my players as Twitter's like the, the internet's like, like, like you're, you're like your fan base, you, your fan base is you're always going to have 10% that no matter what they're going to love. You. You're always going to have 10% that were pissed off that you got hired and they're going to hate you. It doesn't matter how many games you are, but then you're going to have 80% of the people that just, they're just fans and don't really give a shit one way or another. Uh, the problem is the two 10% dominate, dominate your Twitter line. The 80% don't even, <clears throat> aren't on Twitter because they're too busy living their lives. So I try to tell my guys that, you know, just focus on the positive stuff because the negative stuff's never going to go away. It's always going to be there because you're not going to change people's minds. You know, you're going to have a student that you didn't give a, that, you know, you're dating, you're dating a pretty girl and, you know, they're pissed about that. You're going to have a fan that you, you know, you signed 30 autographs and I yell at you to get in the locker room so I can go get my meatball sandwich because I'm hungry and you didn't sign once and now they hate you. So it's a no win situation on these things. I just try to get them to understand that 80% of your fan base, 80% of your fans are going to like you no matter what, are going to support you no matter what. But unfortunately they don't get on Twitter and their voices aren't heard. It's just like politics. You know, you got the crazy left, you got the crazy right. And then you got the 80% of America that's trying to make a living and just trying to go, go about it. So it's hard, Robbie. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I, I always say, you know, I used to lie about my stats. I used to tell recruits like, yeah, you know, average 17 and 10 in the big East. You get fact check now. And then, and then Google <laughs> came out and I was yeah. like, Oh shit. I'm like, I can't say that anymore. I'm like, you know, so you know, recruits like, what, what kind of player were you coach? I'm like, I was a great teammate. I was you know, cheer John, you know, I, I made the extra pass. I set good screens. I took charges, you know, and they're like, Oh, okay. That's great. But I used to say like, you know, you know, Google killed me. I, I used to, be, I just was like, yeah, I, I locked down Allen Iverson. He didn't. Well, Hey Kevin, what, what was your vertical? Oh, please. I know where this is I, going, but I, I could, no, I, I could dunk. I, I could dunk a basketball. Was um, it higher than 21? No, I doubt it. I jeez. I mean, you don't think it was higher than 21? I, I think it was so Rob, bad. Rob, what's your vertical? Rob, what's your vertical? I'm retesting uh, Monday <laughs> here, so I'm looking forward to ask that. Rob, ask Rob Redemption what his vertical tour. He's down in Atlanta right now training for the three-on-three Olympics, and he made the mistake of showing me like a dumbass the results <laughs> of his vertical a couple of weeks ago. And actually, I'm very upset that I haven't brought it up yet on this podcast, but you gave me a great opportunity. It, it's a 21-inch vertical. I, I swear. Right, first of all, I, I honestly believe that that cannot be true. Like, I can't be that bad. So I 
I've been dealing with some back stuff. Like I'm feeling better now. I really am confident that next Monday I'm going to be better, like closer to what I was at the combine, which is like 29. Not Rob, I'm not better. kidding. I'm going to get one of those things here in my driveway. And, and, <laughs> and I'm going to jump a higher than, than 21 inch vertical at 40. However the hell old I am right now. I'm old. I'm I will put any amount of money down that I will kick the shit out I, of you I, in I, every I, trainable I, aspect. I, I, 40 yard dash. We can have a freaking Olympics and I will kick the shit out of you. I promise. I just want to, I, I just want to jump higher than a 21 inch vertical. That's all. You're not I'm going to. It a day. I'm I, I, I've seen Goodman come out of Augusta with like three sandwiches, a cup of coffee. Trust me, Robbie, you got nothing. Don't worry about it. Listen, you, listen you, I, yeah. I already got some goldfish. There's right an there. athlete right there. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> That 21 inch vertical, Rob. You never, ever should have told me that. I, I, it has to be wrong. I can't be that. I can still dunk. Like, so we'll see. We'll see what Monday brings. I'm, I'm a little I'm worried excited. about our three on three ch- chances. Seriously, <laughs> right? You should be. I mean, come yeah. on. Who are we sending over there? The best of the best, clearly. <laughs> the best of Skill, the best. It's a game for skilled guys, not athletes here. So we're good. What else? What was the, the the best thing? If there was something good to come out of the quarantine, um, Kevin, what what was it for you? Was it spending more time with your family? What was there anything else that happened? A, a moment or something? No, I mean, I, I think you know the house arrest was it was tough, um, you know. But I do think you know I, I changed my mind. But you know, I I did get to spend you know usually March you're on the road the NCAA tournament and then. Once it's over, you're April. You're recruiting the whole month of April. You're gone the whole month of April. Um, I didn't miss one of my one of my kids' baseball games. Um, you know, I, I got to spend that kind of time just being a parent, sitting on the outfield, um, watching my kids play baseball. Um, so from that state, I don't think you're supposed to eat dinner with your family every night. I I, I don't think that's a I don't think that's supposed to be normal. I think you may, I think five nights a week's great, four nights a week great, but. Seven nights a week and, and sitting there and, and like listening to your 12 year old chew on his, you know, his spaghettios. You're like, holy cow, man, you got to chew with your mouth closed. Or I'm going to kill you. Um, but at least being with my, my kids in that way, not traveling so much. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the only good. I don't think there's anything else good about what we've done as a country. I can go on a whole nother tangent. You don't even get me started on that, but I don't think there's anything good that we've done. I think the best thing that happened was, you know, I, I did get to see my kids play baseball in the summer. You know, my golf game got really good in April and May because that was the only thing we were allowed to do in Jersey. Well, listen, we, we appreciate you jumping on. Uh, this was good. This was good. Uh, no, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. No, this was fun. And and that, that was my whole take. Like, to me, I told Rob this. I just want to get somebody that I enjoy talking to on. <laughs> really? I mean that. You should feel good about that because – Honestly, I, I'm not, I'm not in a mindset where I can have a like, like a difficult conversation right now and deal with somebody that I don't love. And so I, you know, it's, you it's feel really, honored. I, I, it's funny you say that because I'll be honest, with you, it, like, I think what what the lockdown and the house arrest have done to people, it's like, I'm kind of like, I just kind of hit like reset reset my switch last week about practice. Like, I'm like, holy, I'm playing a game in 21 days. Right. Like right. you. Like, we still don't have like we don't have hotels for certain places usually that's and so it's like you know i think it's no i appreciate you having me on because like it's uh it's good to kind of get back in this, this I, don't rhythm. you feel don't you kind of feel and i was telling rob this 
earlier. We were like, well, do we just talk, Rob and I, about the issues and, and everything that's going on? And I almost feel like people still aren't in tune to the reality that college basketball is starting up in two weeks. They, they don't almost want to hear about anything until it starts, and then we'll start talking about games and players and teams and all that. Even with the AP poll coming out today, I feel like it's almost like like false not hope, but like this false reality until we see it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Because I, 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 even for me, it's kind of like, it's just like, we're 14 days away. We're playing a game. Like, you know, it's here. And, um, you know, it, that's, why I, that's why I feel good about talking about it because. Um, it's almost cathartic. Yeah, it, it, it's shoot. I know it's, it's emotionally healing to me to, to kind of refocus on what I love doing and my team and you know, getting out and, you know, are we going to have some disruptions? Are, are there going to be some times where we're kind of like, man, this sucks, but Hey man, we just got to find a way and keep grinding. Yep. And it's better than nothing. Exactly. It's better than no games. Hey, so 21 we'll inch vertical is better than been 20. Better. That's a good better. point. That's, that's a good way to look at it. Hey, Monday is the real deal. I'm going to freaking I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. we, we need video. We we'll need be video sure to tape that, that those tests. I, I still don't believe Pat Connaughton uh, had a 44-inch vertical. I still think they, they, they measured his um, standing reach wrong. I'm telling you. Maybe they, maybe they measured my standing reach wrong. Yeah, maybe the other – maybe you only have a 19-inch vertical. opposite way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, Kevin. Hey. All right, guys, man. Thanks, thanks man. A lot. We All appreciate right, thanks, it. Thanks, Coach. No, you guys, good, good being with you, man. Be good. Likewise. Likewise. Be good. Yeah. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.